This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee and I'm joined as always by Yosem Joe. Hello everyone. Wow, it's been a while. How's yes, everyone doing? We're all good. We're all good. We hope you're good as well. Yeah, this is our 30th episode. Um, it took us a while to get to here, but you know, we were super busy in the newsroom with general elections and all. But don't worry, fret not. The pop vultures, we are back, okay? And today we are going to talk about something that, I mean, everyone's been talking about, especially in recent weeks, cancel culture. Uh, what is cancel culture? You know, it's essentially a cultural boycott of a personality or brand or business. Some even refer to it as call-out culture. And in Singapore in particular, you know, um, local influencer Xia Xue, right? She made headlines recently. Uh, you know, she was called out for multiple insensitive remarks she's made. Um, some even say she's racist or fatphobic and the fact that she's a Trump supporter, you know. Um, and then especially with um, the Raisa Khan incident happening during the elections, um, Xia Xue apparently came out and accused her of being racist, which, I mean... Talk about irony, right? So naturally, people, um, you know, were asking for Xiaxue to be cancelled. Um, and more recently, there are also calls, like, you know, um, in America for the Ellen show to be cancelled, right, Jen? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, talk so. show host um, Ellen DeGeneres and her show are currently under investigation for allegedly mistreating their staff and um, just toxic workplace in general. Yeah. So today we're going to take a look at some of these examples. We're going to dissect them a little bit. And as always, you know, we'll share our thoughts and analyses. Okay. And we would love for, to hear from you guys as well. Okay. So I think we'll start off with Ellen DeGeneres, which is something that I've been following forever, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know me, Sam Joe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so if you're You might very... as well be in Burbank, you know, and Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. I know, what are you right? doing in Singapore? Oh, COVID. That's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... So the thing with um the Ellen DeGeneres show saga is that if you are a very online person like I am and you follow Hollywood news, you follow Hollywood personalities, um, behind the scenes and in front of the scenes, the thing is it's sort of uh, well known that Ellen is not a very nice person amongst like um people in Hollywood, people who work in LA, um people who know the the you know show running scene. Mm-hmm. And there are many, many stories about how mean she is in real life. So this is like, this is a long time coming. This whole saga about the Ellen show being a place of, you know, toxicity and Ellen herself being somebody who, um, even if she doesn't actively, you know, per- perpetuate it, is somebody who turns a blind eye to certain abusers or at least is unaware that things are happening right under her charge, right? Mm. So this is, um, I think once I saw a tweet that was like, when you get to LA, the first two things that happen to you is you'll get a parking ticket and somebody will tell you a horrific story about Ellen. Like that is how, <laughs> that is so well known. Like that is how well known the whole Ellen is mean thing is. Mm-hmm, so it mm-hmm. kind of got um, really bad during the pandemic because Kevin T. Porter of the Gilmore Guys podcast, if you know about, you know, the, the show Gilmore Girls, um, right. So it's like these two guys, they watch every single episode of Gilmore Girls and they discuss it uh, episode by episode. So he's one of the hosts and he started a tweet thread during the pandemic that was like, um, share the craziest mean Ellen stories that are true, that you know to be true and have personally experienced or heard about. And I will donate like $2 to a food charity. Uh, during the pandemic. So it got like hundreds of responses. That, mm. And some of these responses actually sound very, very believable. Like some of them come with like evidence. Like for example, somebody was like, my cousin drew this thing 
uh, and sent it from Singapore to the US. Ellen used it in her show and didn't credit her at all. This kind of thing. Ooh, okay. And they got the receipts, yeah. right? You know? They got the receipts, right? Mm. Yeah. So we've known for a while that she might be she might not be as nice as she says she is. And the thing is Ellen has built a brand on being nice. You can buy like be kind t shirts, you know, that you know, <laughs> that the Ellen show produces. So right. being nice is all of her brand. And then I think this sort of um, rumor mill, coupled with the fact that during the pandemic, she kind of made several statements that really just made people side-eye her, mega side-eye her. Like when she was sitting in her sprawling mansion and then she was like, oh, lockdown is just like being in prison. It feels like being in prison. Boo-hoo, like, Ellen. Everybody yeah. was like, we can see your sprawling garden in the background like maybe you don't talk about how you feel like you're being in prison yeah cry me a river right well all this eventually resulted in buzzfeed running a story about how ellen the ellen show is sort of a toxic workplace with interviews with past staffers who said they encountered like microaggressions like actually some of it i would just call it plain aggression some of it is like I think a black woman uh, was talking to one of the one of the executive or one of the senior writers, and that person replied her, "Oh, I, I only know the names of all the white people who work here." So like, wow, pretty bad, pretty bad, yeah, yeah. So um, this eventually so- uh, resulted in Warner Media investigating the Ellen Show, and mm-hmm. Ellen came out to apologize, not publicly. Um, she sent an email to her staff. And the email has since been like seen everywhere because it was acquired by all these entertainment outlets. And it's a it's sort of an apology that's not really an apology. Like it's an apology that makes me feel scared if I was working on her show. Right. Because she starts out saying like she takes all responsibility, uh she takes all accountability, you know, for things that happen under her charge. And then she says But there's a but But and then she was like, uh you know, as the show grew I've had to delegate jobs and clearly some people were not doing their jobs full stop uh, kind. Right. like then you feel a bit you know like yeah. you feel her rage yeah. and then she also talked about how you know there are people who misrepresent her and I was like oh okay this feels like this feels like you can feel that anger bubbling underneath and you feel like she is about to direct it at somebody mm, so I really yeah. don't know it, what's it, gonna it start, happen it started off as an apology but it, it kind of like devolved into throwing other people under the bus, kind of. Yeah. She right? doesn't because, name names, la, but... Yeah. Mm, because a lot of hot. these allegations are actually aimed at her executives under her, like on her show. Yes. So not yes. so much just aim at Ellen per se. Yes. Um, but you know, it's and, all under investigation and yeah. remains to be seen. La. So I guess we'll find out yeah, soon enough. Um, like, you know. I, there are talks that James Corden might replace her. And if you know, if you're very online like I am, then you also know some rumours about James Corden not being very nice, but I'm not going to go into that. <laughs> we will get back to that later. We just want to move on to the next case study so that we can just catch everyone up to speed, okay? And of course, I'm talking about J.K. Rowling, right? She is the famous Harry Potter uh, creator. You know, um, she has a history, um, you know, of being accused of being transphobic, la, all right? Um, mm. She's clashed with the trans community and activists, Time and Multiple time again. Times, yeah. Yeah. And most recently, uh, I guess it was a couple of months ago, you know, she took issue with an article headline, you know, and this article, the headline had a phrase, people who menstruate. And she went on Twitter and she went, she quoted, you know, people who menstruate. I'm sure there used to be a word for those people. Someone help me out. And then she went on the whole um, trolley kind of made up words like woman, wimpun, wumut. Basically, she was trying to say that there is a word and that is 
women, right? Mm. So obviously, like, you know, trans activists um, and a lot of allies also came came at her and they were like, this is you being transphobic again. There are women who, you know, uh, maybe were not born as cisgendered women, but they um, and, but they identify as women, like, you know, and they don't menstruate. So what exactly is your issue? You, this is or just there are trans being... men who menstruate, you know? Right, um, exactly. And yeah, also... Exa- like, so, and, and, like, people who are past menstruating age menstru- don't menstruate, that kind of thing. Right, yeah. So they were like, oh, this is you being, like, you know, super, um, sh- um, to say the least, like, you know, short-sighted and to say the worst, like, you are transphobic, right? Um, and um, a lot of uh, people, she actually had to write an open letter to defend herself because, you know, a lot of her Harry Potter stars, you know, from Daniel Radcliffe to Emma Watson were actually, actually publicly came out and distanced themselves from her. Cho Chang, the girl who played Cho Chang as well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Katie something? Katie? No. Katie I... Leung, Katie Leung. Katie Leung, yeah. Yes, Sorry, yes. Katie Leung. <laughs> I will never forget Cho Chang, my favourite. Um, but yeah, and then most recently, she she and some a lot of other figures came out to uh, sign a letter about free speech, didn't she? Yes, so she and I think 150 public figures, which includes people like Noam Chomsky, who is a US intellectual, uh, feminist Gloria Steinem, Malcolm Gladwell, basically signed a letter that the TLDR is cancel culture is stifling free, free speech, right? Mm-hmm. It's about how, like, um, I think there's a quote is, uh, it is now all too common to hear calls for swift and severe retribution in response to perceived transgressions of speech and thought. Um, you know, so the TLDR, again, is cancel culture is stifling free speech, which... I mean, like, it's kind of hollow coming from people like JKR and people like Malcolm Gladwell and Noam Chomsky who who have platforms. Like, nobody is stifling their free speech. Like, JKR is still tweeting, you know. Malcolm Gladwell is writing books, you know. Nobody is stifling their platform. People are just taking issues with what they're saying and disagreeing. Mm-hmm. And maybe disagreeing in a very... Um, Mock in a very direct kind of manner, right? Maybe in a right. very... Uh, can be even in an aggressive manner. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's so hollow because I think there are good points in this letter and I'll talk about this a little bit more. But these are really powerful people who are going to stay powerful regardless, right? And their platforms have not been taken away and it just seems so, I don't know, a bit hypocritical for them to talk about how their free speech is being stifled. It just feels like maybe they're upset that people don't like their opinions. But then again, I guess from their point of view is like, you know, uh, if they say something that's unpopular and not with the zeitgeist of the day, you know, um, they get people do, right? yeah, people yeah. do come down on them and constantly harass them on social media. I think that's the issue that um, they're also mm-hmm. trying to say. Yeah, they're trying to mm-hmm. like get at. Right. Of course, there's so many other cases of um, cancel culture. We could go on and on about them. But I mean, just to mention a few examples briefly. I mean, recently or so, we had Glee star Leah Michelle. Right. You know, she um, has pretty much been exposed as being a queen of mean on set. You know, basically, she's been exposed as Rachel Berry. Right. Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yeah. Leah Michelle is Rachel Berry. It, she was playing herself. There, there was no acting herself. involved. Yeah. Yeah. We also did um, a couple of podcasts on. You know, previous cases of cancel culture, we had Taiwanese singer Shou Luo, you know, he and his scandalous affair, right? Uh, yeah. We had uh, Michael Jackson and all the accusations of, of him being a pedophile. Uh, we had Song Ri, right, um, yeah. from Big Bang um, and all his um, sexual... Formerly of Big Bang, sorry. Yeah, formerly of Big... Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, I know. I, guys, Was that I Jen? Know they, Did you just are... cancel him? Like, on, I know. On I didn't cancel him. He left the group of his own accord. <laughs> he cancelled okay? himself. 
he cancelled I mean, himself. Okay, I, okay, he was forced to leave the group, but he did leave the group. It is factually accurate to say that Big Bang now only has four members. We, we've done episodes on those, but please go back and listen to those uh, if you're interested in finding out more. Uh, we don't have time to go into all the details now, but suffice to say, many, many, many cases. And then I want to bring up one major event in 2003. I'm going to take you guys back 17 years. Way back. Way back. Um, country music trio the chicks formerly known as the dixie chicks dixie right chicks, you know yeah. they very famously this is one of the earliest cases of like cancel culture you know um that was wrapped up with social media and everything right in in the, in the modern age i would say um they were actually doing a concert in london and they um said because that was around the time when like you know uh, president george bush was planning to invade iraq right and so they actually mm. said during the concert like you know we are ashamed that um President Bush is from Texas. And they immediately got a lot of backlash. You know, they were blacklisted by radio stations. They received death threats. There were people burning their CDs. And it was just a whole mess, you know. Yeah, so they were essentially cancelled, like, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes. Um, And they went away for a bit. But then they came back three years later in 2006 with the song Not Ready to Make Nice. And it was a song... Um, basically being very indignant about the whole situation and saying like, you know, how could you, how could you even teach your daughter to like, you know, hate a perfect stranger and stuff like that, you know, and they were basically Mm -hmm. calling out cancel culture and whatever happened to them, you know, for just Mm -hmm. essentially, um, speaking their minds about the situation and voicing their concerns about, um, the whole, uh, Iraq war situation, right? So, but guess what, you know, they emerged kind of like, um, they kind of like earned back public opinion and they emerged Mm -hmm. victorious, you know, they got three Grammys for that song and it's a very good Mm -hmm. song. So Mm -hmm. if you talk about, you know, famous examples of cancel culture, you definitely have to talk about the chicks or the Dixie chicks. It just reminds me of Janet Jackson. Remember the whole Janet (gasps) Jackson Super Bowl saga? Of course. Right. Never forget, right? Hashtag never forget. forget. I mean, like, okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, Jenna Jackson and Justine Timberlake performed at the Super Bowl halftime show in 2004. And mm-hmm. then, like, there was this, like, one move, like, at the end, where, like, Justin Timberlake says something like, by the end of this song, I'll have you naked, or something like that. And um, he tears a portion of Jenna Jackson's, like, top apart. It was supposed to show, like, a bastier inside. Instead, he tore the whole thing off, and it showed, like, a... Her, it revealed her, her, her nipple. Breasts, yeah. yeah. But, but like, there was something on her nipple, right? There was some, like, sort of, there like, were... nipple ring or accessory on it. There was so an accessory, was, yes. Yeah, yeah. It was really for a very short fraction of time. And then she just got bombarded. Like, she was truly blacklisted. Like, all her songs, like, her career, I don't think, fully recovered. Like, her, mm. all her songs were, like, banned on radio. Like, she didn't get to do promotions. But Justin yeah. Timberlake got away scot-free, but okay, whatever. So, yeah, you know? so there yeah. was definitely a lot of, like, um, inequality People there. People were saying that she planned it, like, I think that was the... that was the Conspiracy theory. Yeah, that yeah. she planned it for publicity. Right, and I really... And were very upset with her. I mean, come on, like, Janet Jackson does not need to resort to such stunts. I like, know, right? Yeah, I she mean, is have you freaking seen Janet Rhythm Jackson. Yeah. If you have not seen Rhythm Nation, right now, I want you to stop everything and stop listening to this podcast and go to YouTube and watch Rhythm Nation. Thank you very yeah. much. She has nothing to prove. In fact, Justin Timberlake should have been thankful that he even got to share <laughs> a stage right. with her. Um, but anyway, hey, that was, you know, that's the reason why we have YouTube today, right? Because um, that was the one video that really broke the internet and uh, that yeah, really yeah. kick-started YouTube. Yeah, it founded like, YouTube. YouTube, apparently. Yeah. It was the inspiration that uh, got the YouTube founders to start YouTube because so many people were searching for the clip of Janet Jackson's nipple. Yeah. 
Okay, so anyway, at this point, if you are enjoying this episode of Pop Vultures, do find us on the Straits Times podcast channel, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Some of our episodes are also on YouTube, so remember to check those out. Just search for us, hashtag Pop Vultures. And yes. please don't forget to like and rate us. Okay, back to our show. Let us continue with cancel culture. Yeah, so what are your thoughts on cancel culture, Sandro? Because I think we have covered examples from both, like, the more liberal sides of things and the more conservative side of things. So what, what, yeah. what do you feel? Well, I mean, cancel culture has always made me feel slightly uncomfortable. You know, um, I think, okay, I mean, I'm going to preface all this by saying that, yes, you know, cancel culture definitely has a place in this world um, insofar as ensuring some level of accountability, you know, um, when someone demonstrates truly deplorable behavior, right? I mean, especially if it's a celebrity or someone with considerable influence and power, then yes, of course, call them out, you know, name them, shame them, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. let them face the music, you know, and punish them, um, especially if they've done something illegal, like, you know, um, try them, right? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I also feel like, you know, when it comes to pop culture um, cases, right, uh, with celebrities, a lot of people are blinded by their star power so much. Like, you know, they refuse to believe that their idols can do any wrong, right? Like, we, we all know several people like that. And sometimes even even we ourselves, right? You know, when if our favourite um, idol sometimes does something... Sometimes you can be guilty of it, like, yeah. Yeah. Like I, mean, like, I mean, I enjoy watching The Ellen Show, right? You know, I think she's super funny and everything. So this really gave me pause to think, like, okay, you know... Um, Maybe something's not right. And I guess it's good, you know, it's good to check celebrities from time to time, right? Because they wield so much power and influence. Unfortunately, however, you know, in this day and age, it just, like, cancel culture just doesn't stop there, lah. It's not just about, okay, accountability and that's it, right? More often than not, you know, you, you have the social media mob calling for entire careers to be decimated, right? You know, they're calling for these people involved to be cancelled forever, right? You know, their goal is to demolish, not forgive, it's to break them and not rehabilitate. And mm-hmm. this, I feel, is inherently mean-spirited, lah, you know. Um, sure, does it work in getting people to rethink their actions? Yes. But how I wish it stops there, you know. And I've talked about this in our um, previous episodes before, you know, like when we talked about show law, for instance, right. Mm-hmm. Especially if the transgression is a personal one, like having an extramarital affair. Like, why should he like lose his life? Like extramarital affair, right? V- Exactly. So why should he lose his livelihood as a result, you know? And sure, you know, in the case of Ellen, okay, if you're called out as a mean person, right? I mean, shouldn't, or like Leah Michelle, for instance, like, shouldn't it be enough that you come out and sincerely apologize and make amends? And of course, the operative word here being sincerely apologize, you know? Yeah, like, we have... Like, we don't know whether they are sincere, you know. Ellen and, um, you know, Leah Michelle have both apologized, but who's to say, you know, they truly mean it? Yeah, who's to say? But the fact is that they have to acknowledge, like, you know, uh, certain, like, wrongdoings and um, shortcomings. So, um, what more do you want is what I'm trying to say, right? And But unfortunately for cancel culture and, like, for the mob behind it, it's very, uh, it's kind of like a momentum that builds up and, and, it, and it doesn't really stop. Like, you know, it keeps snowballing to the point where everyone's like, we don't want to hear from you ever again. Like, you know, to the point where you have to shut down your, all your social media channels, for instance. Mm-hmm. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is that, of course, you know, everyone is entitled to whether they want to continue supporting you, like, you know, as a celebrity. Um, But cancel culture has this added element of shaming people who choose to forgive and support the celebrity. Does that make sense? 
Mm, you know, yes, I, I understand. Yeah, so so now if you go out and saying that, okay, you know, hey, actually, I still like Sungri, for instance. <laughs> like, you know, um, I'm sure that, you know, people will judge you, lah, right? Uh, and yeah. so, th- so that's one Sungri thing. Sungri has about- been accused of actual crimes, though. It hasn't been prosecuted for it yet. Like, hasn't been charged. Not has been charged, but hasn't been sentenced for it yet. Right. But I guess it's it boils down to again like, you know, um freedom of speech and freedom of decision, right? You know, um yeah. should should we as fans like, you know, be able to continue loving whoever we want, regardless of uh whatever faults they have. Right. Yeah. So that's one point. Yeah. And then the other point I wanna make also is that, you know, cancel culture has a lot of collateral damage. You know. Yeah. So yeah. let's say okay, let's say, you know, um when all when all this uh when the Ellen show investigations are over, you know, and Ellen is exposed as a genuinely disingenuous person and her executives are, you know, found guilty for all these um, you know, uh misdemeanors or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And you know, imagine how many peop- other people, how many other innocent people and employees of the Ellen show are going to lose their jobs. You know, and amid this COVID nineteen crisis, no less, right? Mm-hmm. If her show gets cancelled, so when you are calling for, you know, oh, uh, Ellen to be cancelled, cancel the Ellen show, everything, you think that you are targeting just one person, um, and you may be very justified in doing so, but I mean, be aware also of the collateral and damage, lah. Consequences, lah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So denounce them all you want, you know, but I would caution against cancelling someone or something or an entire brand. Um, just because you know there could be consequences for others, and um, and there could be sometimes even a lot of noise with no real impact, right? What do you think, yeah. Jen? So yeah, so that's the thing about a lot of noise with no real impact. That's some some so sometimes how I feel about cancer culture. Um, to go back to your point about how uh, it has made you uncomfortable and how you really do think that sometimes it can help with accountability and everything. Uh, I feel the same way, like. I think at some point you have to confront the question, is it cancer culture? Are you just like lying in the bed that you made? You know, <laughs> like is it cancer yeah. culture? Are you just suffering consequences for your actions and words? You know, very justified, uh, very justifiably so. So because technically you can do whatever you want. Right? You can do and say whatever you want, but there are consequences, right? Like if I go out today and I, you know, uh, ram my car into somebody, there's consequences for that, you know? That's a crime, you know? Or if today yeah. I go out and call somebody names to their face, that person being angry at me and other people feeling disgusted at me, that's a consequence. You get what I mean? So I feel that people boycotting your show or brands dropping you because of your words and actions um, is not technically cancer culture. You get what I mean? It's just people... I think people, consumers nowadays especially, are very aware of what they want to consume and whether... Um, those things that they consume aligns with their values. So if you feel like you don't want to support a brand because Xiaxue endorsed it, and you don't support Xiaxue as a person because she espoused views that you feel are harmful to society or you feel have personally hurt you, um, that's your choice, right? You get what I mean? Yeah. So I, I don't feel that that's wrong. Um, and and actually, I... If going back to Xiaxue, she did make some valid points, which is that um, it's not exactly fair to cancel someone or judge someone based on tweets or like, you know, things that they say maybe 10 years ago, you know, five years ago uh, in one moment. And it is good to keep in mind that the internet then was a very different time. Like a lot of people have been cancelled for past acts, like tweets that were like from 10 years ago. 10 years Mm. ago, the internet was a very, very different place, guys. Like... You know, things with um the thing with cultural and social issues is that they do change with the times. 
and we have to look at the nuance and the context when we are judging people for it, right? So 10 years ago, things that maybe people won't find super offensive then or people won't, um, you know, call out so much, won't make such a big deal of it, have changed to become a big deal because we are more aware of people's feelings, um, we are more aware of how it can be perceived, right? Right, more so, woke, so to speak, right? More woke, la. yeah, I get, I, that's, I guess, what I'm trying to say. So I don't think it's fair, but the thing is, is there um, a consistent pattern of somebody doing this over and over again? If so, then I think there is, of course, reason and very justifiable reasons to not no longer support that person and to no longer support brands that support that person, no longer support other people who support that person. You get what I mean? Right. So there comes a point a, in time where this yeah. person is, okay, truly toxic and perhaps even unteachable. And... Or, or refuses to change, refuses to yeah. acknowledge their mistakes. Yeah. Um, and keeps playing like, the victim. Yeah, like some people, like I think like somebody like Kevin Hart, right? He was called out for some homophobic tweets uh, a long time ago, back when he was trying to host Oscars. And he refused to apologize for quite a while, you know, for those tweets until he mm. finally backed down. So I guess the refusing to apologize part is also painful for other people because they feel like, how much, how much more do I have to show you that I'm hurt, that these things are harmful, truly harmful to my community before you acknowledge it? You get what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's what a lot of people did not appreciate about Xiaxue as well. And, uh, you know, the yeah. fact that she... Yeah she managed to turn herself into the victim of cancel culture when, in the first place, if she didn't repeatedly make very problematic tweets or comments, she wouldn't mm. even have been a target, you know? Yeah, and the thing is, okay, so this doesn't fully apply to Xiaxue, but the thing is, cancel culture doesn't always work. And I'm not sure it's currently working with Xiaxue because Xiaxue is still out there, you know? She still has a platform. She can still spill whatever she wants to spill. Mm. She's not she going wants. anywhere, lah. She's, she's not going not... anywhere, yeah. Like, nobody's taking away her platform. People are just upset with things that she says, right. <laughs> which everybody has the right to be. But does cancer culture even really work? Like, you know, look at somebody like Louis C.K., who I say this so many times because I used to really like Louis C.K.'s um, mm. stand-up comedy and I was very upset and very disappointed when I found out that he... He basically openly admitted to masturbating the finish in front of unconsenting female comics. Like, he mm. would just, like, corner them in his, like, dressing room and, like, jerk off and yeah. and force them to watch. Yeah. So, he obviously got cancelled, right? But the thing is, sure, he got cancelled in the sense that he's no longer, you know, fronting movies. Yeah, uh, he's not he going to get another Netflix from. deal, yeah, so to speak. he doesn't have another Netflix deal, you know. But he still has stand-up shows. Like, he still goes on stand-up. Like, he still goes to clubs, you know, he still gets paid to do shows. Mm. Um, you look at someone like Kevin Hart, who did weather through that period. Who, and Kevin Hart has an Ellen connection here, because Ellen was the one who tried to get everyone to forgive Kevin Hart after that whole saga. <laughs> but anyway, um, remember, Kevin Hart's yeah. doing fine. Like, nothing's going, nothing's happening to Kevin Hart, you know, despite the fact that he refused to apologize for homophobic tweets until he finally did. Um, Ellen is still about to host the next season of her show and even if her show gets pulled she is still one of the richest women in TV she is a multi-millionaire um, like freaking the FBI is trying to get Prince Andrew to collaborate on Epstein investigation and guess what they can't get him to do it like mm-hmm. you know so sometimes it's like when you are that powerful that's why I hated the JK Rowling open letters because when you are so privileged and so powerful Cancel culture doesn't get to you. It just doesn't. 
Like, mm. it doesn't stifle your free speech. It doesn't make your life worse. You are still a billionaire. You know, you are still widely um, read around the world, JK Rowling. So, sometimes I feel like it doesn't really work. But on the flip side, then, I would be, I would say to be very careful when cancelling, like, normal people. You know, we've had a slew of those, right? You know, the Central Park uh, bird-watching Karen. Uh, right, had, with like, her dog, right? Yeah, with a dog. You know, we had, yeah. I think in Singapore also, we had one time there was this uh, man who pushed an uncle in the in the hawker center and it broke out that these two people were running a, a tuition center together or something. Mm-hmm. So like all these things, um, sure, maybe they deserved it. And you know what? Later on, it did prove that they probably did deserve um, to get cancelled. They probably did deserve the backlash that they got. But I'm very careful when it comes to normal people because we don't know. Like, we have one video, you know, we don't have, like, a full account of what has happened. And I think it's very not right to, like, dock someone based on that. And I would also say that cancer culture always affects the marginalised much more. Mm. Like, um, I think one of this, one of the Vox writers, who's a transgender woman, uh, stood up when the... She basically came out to say that one of her colleagues signed the open letter that J.K. Rowling signed, and it made her feel unsafe uh, working at Vox. And she was bombarded by trolls. She was bombarded right. by supporters of right. that letter and chased off Twitter, basically. So I think it always affects like people who are in less powerful positions much more. And we have to keep that in mind when we talk about cancel culture. Well, so that's cancel culture for you. Like, you know, it does a lot of good, but it also comes with a um, pretty ugly side, I would say, right? In mm. fact, uh, multiple ugly like, facets celebrities and cancel culture, you know, do we, should we hold celebrities to a higher standard because they have a larger platform, because they have fame? That's also questions that we need to discuss. Yeah. Let us know what you guys think, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think cancel culture should stay or should it go? Do you think it has a place, um, especially in um, Hollywood or entertainment in general, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And who do you want to cancel, guys? For me, it's Justin Timberlake. (laughs) (laughs) Jen... Every almost every other episode you have a bone to pick with JT, yeah? I realize. Never forget. Hashtag never right. forget, okay? You know what? As much as I love his music, um, I'm not gonna fight you on this one. <laughs> I know that. So yeah, that's your dose of pop culture for this week. If you have any comments or anything you want us to talk about, please do email us at podcast at sph.com.sg. You can find me at Janly at sph.com.sg or you can find me on my Instagram handle at JanlyWrites. You can also email me at yosamjo at sph.com.sg or on my Instagram at sam underscore jomato. Until next time, she's Jen. He's Sam Joe. And we are Pop Pop Vouchers. Vouchers. Thank you for listening. Ah, 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 ah. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.